0: where you'll hear the truth and we will praise jesus name we stand for the bible and won't back down from it although it don't bring much fame some folks will like it some will try to deny it but god's word will always stand true it's been tried in the fires Hello friends. Welcome to another episode of the Pod King Bible study. I'm your co host, Donald King. And I'm the host of this study, Donnie King. This is Friday, October the seventh, special edition number fifty. Did you say number fifty? Number fifty. Well that ought to be calls for celebration. That's right. Half a hundred, that's that's fifty times that we've done special editions. What is the mind of Christ? On this podcast, we studied the Bible according to how it was written in the original languages, Greek and Hebrew, and how it was translated into English in the King James Version. In our last study, we looked at the first of the seven churches, which is the Church of Ephesus. We talked about the good points of this church, and then we also covered their not-so-good points as well. We believe that we should be able to see ourselves in all of these churches, and hopefully what we see is in the good things. Have you left your first love? Does the Lord have somewhat against you? Does he know your works and labor of love? In today's episode, we answer a question sent in by a listener. What is the mind of Christ? We hear ministers talk about having the mind of Christ, but what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? What all does this include? Does it mean that we think like a Christian? Does it mean that we will think exactly like Jesus did while he was here on earth? Does it mean that we should be thinking like Jesus does right now? We try to anchor our answer in Scripture and give a biblically-based response to this question. Now for the teaching of God's Word and the lesson for today. I'll turn it to the host of our podcast, Brother Donnie King.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today. We're excited about this topic. This happens to be one of my favorite topics to think about, talk about, and to study about. And the question that we're looking at
0: today was sent in by a listener. What is the mind of Christ? We hear ministers talk about this all the time. But what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? Well, I want to look at Philippians 2 and 5, which is the most known verse that contains that
1: idea, and read it to you. It's very simple. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, let here is the most interesting word in this verse because it tells us a lot about what we need to know right here. Let means to interest oneself in a matter. It means to set the affection on and it means to allow. And in this particular setting, to allow is the main meaning of this word. Because let means to allow, having the mind of Christ is the definitive choice that we must actively make every day.
0: If let is a definite command, this also means that we will be judged by how we respond or fail to respond to this command. That's what makes
1: it so scary, because it's not just a statement Paul made. It's a command that he gave us. The verb that is sharing action here is be. Let this mind be. So let and be are linked together. It completes the sequence. Let be in you. So what is to be in us? What are we to allow to be within us? The mind of Christ.
0: Most people view this portion of a personal application scripture, right? Yeah,
1: and it does work that way. I mean, the mind of Christ is to be within every believer, but it was written to a collective group, in particular, a church audience. He was writing to the church at Philippi. They were the recipient of this letter, and he was writing to a corporate gathering of believers.
0: How does our churches line up in fulfillment of this?
1: We may not want to even talk about that. What do you reckon? (laughs) Maybe not. If God's people would think more like he does, though, wouldn't that mean that this world would be a better place to live? Wouldn't our churches be thriving instead of declining? Yeah, I'm afraid it would. You know, some people translate this verse to say that we are to think just like Christ.
0: There are others who interpret it to say that we are to think about ourselves like Christ thought about himself. I
1: believe that it's a two-way street, and I believe both definitions are at least implied here, but I believe that Paul probably intended for us to see it in both ways. Mind here is another interesting word. When you define it from the Greek, it means to feel, to think, to make judgment, and to direct your mind towards
0: something. But to be Christ-like, we must have the same kind of mind that Jesus has.
1: That's true. And do you think that that means that we must have the kind of mind he had while he was here on earth or the kind of mind that he has right now? And that's up for grabs. Uh, I want to read you another scripture found in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, we're to strive to think like God desires us to think. Though we know our thoughts and ways will never be high as the Almighty God's thoughts are, we are to keep the mind that we have towards Him. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we already realize that to think like God is going to be a reach for us because we'll never think just like God. We'll never have the mind exactly like what Christ had. To think like Christ, we cannot live in the flesh nor be carnally minded. That is so true because to be spiritually minded is life and peace, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. Do you reckon it's just by coincidence that Jesus came to bring us life and that more abundantly as is recorded in John 10 and 10? Do you think it's by coincidence that Jesus gave us his peace, according to John 14 and 27? I believe because of these two things, man possesses intellect, and that means that we have the power to discern between
0: right and wrong. Man also possesses the ability to discern between truth and error. True. Man has a conscience and he has
1: the discernment to choose wisely or to choose foolishly. Man has free will, and he also possesses the power of choice. This means that man can choose between truth and error, right and wrong, wisdom or folly, and so on. With the help of divine scripture, the leading and guidance of the Holy Ghost, Christians today have the ability to
0: make right decisions. We have no excuses. We also know well the consequences of making the wrong decisions. When we think with the mind of Christ, we
1: will always do that which pleases the Father.
0: That is exactly what Jesus did.
1: I feel like I fell so far short of that. Me too. Our minds control our attitudes. If we were to have a mindset like Jesus had and even like Jesus has right now, then there's certainly some attitudes and perceptions that we allow ourselves to have that are not Christ-like, and that means we would have to get rid of those attitudes and those perceptions and do away with them completely. Yes. Jesus wasn't cocky or arrogant. No, neither was he hateful or spiteful. He wasn't cranky or violent. He didn't have a knock-your-teeth-out attitude. (laughs) He didn't have a don't care attitude. You know what? His mind wasn't overly concerned with money either. He was concerned totally about souls. What's the one
0: way you describe the mind of Christ?
1: It may be a little different than the average description, but I would say that in one of the most subtle forms of describing the mind of Christ, you would have to speak of submission.
0: Christ was certainly submissive to the will of God.
1: Yeah, and he was also submissive to the cross, and he was submissive to death
0: as well. He was submissive enough to be servant of all, even though he was the Lord of glory. Amen. You know, this mind, this thought pattern, this
1: mindset, this attitude, that's not found within every believer. Why do you say that? Paul wouldn't have had to tell the whole church that they needed to have the mind of Christ if they already had the mind of Christ.
0: What would it be like to have the attitude of Jesus? Can you imagine having
1: his humility, his selflessness, his kind of love? I really think that if we had that down pat like he had it, this world would be a different place. Our churches, just think about that. People couldn't resist coming into our churches because there the minister would have humility, the people would be selfless, and the love of God would be shed abroad in every heart. So when we read the part where Paul said this mind was also in Christ Jesus, some people declare, well, that's to be understood as the past tense. We're to have the mind that was in Christ Jesus, and that means that we're only supposed to have the mind that he had when he was on the earth. Now, I would say that in one sense I disagree with that, but in another sense it would almost be impossible to have the mind that Christ has in heaven today. We connect more with his fleshliness than we do with the spiritual side. It's pretty evident, though, that this verse carries the present tense in the original language.
0: Not only are we to have the mind Christ had, we should have the mind that Christ has now also. I believe that's what the
1: mind of Christ does. When we have the mind of Christ working in us like it's supposed to, we'll think like Jesus did when he was on the earth, but we'll also think like he does right now in heaven, because I honestly don't believe that he thought differently when he was here on the earth than he does in
0: heaven today.
1: We not only need to think like he did, we need to be thinking like he does, you know?
0: Yeah. Paul had to know Jesus pretty well to know the Philippians didn't have the mind of Christ.
1: That is a good point. You know what? In the 103 verses that you find in the book of Philippians, 12 times Paul stresses our mind being greatly involved in serving the Lord. That's an average of once every eight and a half verses he mentions our mind. Wow. We certainly must have a made up mind to serve the Lord. That's true, and to accept Jesus and His word into your life, our heart and mind must both receive Him. We're reminded of Christ's mind by the Holy Ghost. I want to use the scripture found in First Peter, and then I want to start looking at several things here in the book of Philippians. In First Peter chapter four, verses one and two, he says, "For as much then as Christ have suffered for us in the flesh." Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Well, how is this possible? (laughs) Good question. But we're not to live to the flesh, nor to the lust of men, but we're to live unto God. Christ's mind was pure, it was holy, it was full of love, it was merciful, it was full of judgment, but also yet full of righteousness. The point that Jesus was making when he said to call no man fool in the book of Matthew, it wasn't so much that the word fool is so terrible, but that it reveals the state of a man's heart.
0: So the problem is not that a man might say thou fool, but the fact that he can entertain that kind of contempt for his fellow man in his heart.
1: That's true. Contempt for your fellow man is a personal affront to God for all of mankind and humanity is created in the image of God Almighty. Contempt says that a man has no worth, and it shows that the accuser has appraised him of being worthless by his own heart's feelings. That's the sin of saying,
0: thou fool. This is the sin of foolishness exposed.
1: Yes. Before Paul jumped into Philippians 2 and 5 and said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, he built up his point in the preceding verses. Then he kept reiterating that point after he mentioned that. What are some of those scriptures? Well, I want to begin with Philippians 1 and 27 and read you this. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul was telling the church at Philippi to stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, which is the unity of the spirit. He was wanting them to strive together for the faith of the gospel. That's the gist of what he was saying. Yes. The next one I would use is Philippians 2 and 2. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now, he mentions the mind twice here. He says it would fulfill all of his joy, though, if the church would be like-minded and have the same mind.
0: To do this, they should have the same love, being one accord, and have the same mind. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Now, go into verse 3 here. Let
1: nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, he's telling the church to put aside the strife and vainglory and practice humility. You know how we do this? Through the lowliness of
0: mind. It's our mind again. Mind is used in several ways, but they all fall under the main point, to have the mind of Christ. That's true, because in the next two verses,
1: verses 4 and 5, we see, look not every man to his own things but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he's telling us not to look out just for ourselves, but we need to be concerned for others too. That is the mind of Christ.
0: To do these things, you would have to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus.
1: That's right. In verse 20, he mentions it again in the same chapter, chapter 2, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Paul says, there's nobody that I've got that cares for you like I do because they don't have the same mind that I do. In other words, if there was somebody else that had the mind of Christ, they'd be
0: doing this. What would a person have to do to think like Paul or to think like Jesus? We would need to have the mind of Christ, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, which I think
1: is pretty obvious, but yet that's a good question. I want to go to Philippians chapter 3 and look at verses 15 and 16. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this even unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. We see it pointed out. We see it pointed to over and over again. Paul is once again beseeching those who would be like-minded to have the same goal
0: in mind. And that goal is perfection. If Christ is perfect like we believe, to have his mind would be to have a perfect mind. Amen.
1: Paul went on to explain that anyone who had any other mind, it would be revealed unto them by God. And we must ask how. How can you have any other mind? By having the
0: mind of Christ.
1: <laughs> there you go. You're getting? You're catching on. Yeah in verse 19 of chapter 3 paul says whose end is destruction whose god is their belly and whose glory is in their shame who mind earthly things so what he's saying here is those who are earthly minded or carnal they have no glory they do have shame though the shame is their god's their belly and they're going to end up in destruction paul put a very high priority on having the mind of christ He understood the dangers of not having the mind of Christ. He was trying to help the church here at Philippi. This church was obviously struggling with division and carnality. So to be like-minded is basically all that matters? No, to be like-minded alone is not Paul's main objective here. People can be like-minded on going to the bar and getting drunk. So it has to have a deeper meaning than this. He's trying to help us to grasp this. We got to be like-minded, but we must have the same mind. He wants all believers to have the same mind, and that is the mind of
0: Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ and I have the mind of Christ, we'd be like-minded. We sure would. When Peter was speaking of being made partakers of the divine
1: nature in Second Peter 1 and 4, his intention was for us to understand that the mind of Christ is part of that. Let me read you that verse. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How could one be like Christ but not have his mind too? Wow. Now, that's a heart-convicting thought because we claim to be Christ-like, but some of us say we're Christ-like but don't have his mind. Yeah. For someone to act like me, they would have to think like me. It's got to be the same way with Jesus.
0: To act like Jesus, you would have to think like Jesus. So we must do more than just imitate Jesus to be Christ-like, if that is right. That's true. And it is, for we must
1: take on a whole new way of life. We can't continue thinking like ourselves and be like Jesus. We must think like him. We must live like him.
0: We must have a completely
1: different way of thinking. We must be changed and transformed in order to be made like him. God makes us like his son through his spirit, the Holy Ghost. I want to go to Philippians chapter 4 now and look at verse 2. I beseech Eudius and beseech Sintiki that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So now he jumps into the middle of a squabble between two members in the church at Philippi. Let me guess. He tells them that they need to be like-minded, right? Yeah, you're right. He said be of the same mind in the Lord. The Lord is specifically Jesus Christ. And here's what he's trying to say. If both of them had the mind of Christ, there would be no cause for disagreement. There would be no cause for argument. To be upset enough to fuss or fight, at least one person has to feel like they're in the right. They also must feel like the other person is in the wrong. Yes, they do. And, and every time I feel like I'm right, I feel like whoever I'm debating with or talking with, they must be wrong. Because if I'm right, they must be wrong if they have a different opinion. But if we both had the mind of Christ, guess what we'd do? I agree. That's right. Paul said that both of them were wrong until they had the mind of Christ. Going down to verse 7 in Philippians 4, Paul says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The unity of the spirit is found in the bond of peace. And that's what brings us together to have the mind of Christ.
0: Once again, where we see the the mind mentioned, there's the idea of the unity of the spirit. Let, Let me put it this way. If I have the mind of Christ and I go
1: to church with people who have the mind of Christ and the pastor has the mind of Christ and the congregation has the mind of Christ, there's going to be a like mindedness. And where there's like-mindedness, there's going to be unity in the Spirit. Now, we can all come together in unity. We could all be unified. Let's go play volleyball. But that may not be a spiritual thing, is it? So we realize that we need the unity of the Spirit so we can do the things of God. Nothing wrong with playing a game of volleyball. But when we can do the things of God, we need to do those things. That's what God has saved us for. Christ doesn't want a divided church. He wants a church that's unified. The catch is this. He wants a church that's unified, not just together, but a church that's unified in him. In the verses that we read earlier in 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter was making the case for having the same mind, just like Paul is making here to the church at Philippi. The same mind as who or what? That's the question. Whose mind are we going to have? (laughs) On the lowest level, we need the same mind as each other through unity. But on the highest level, he's talking about having the mind of Christ and all of us having
0: the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the same mind we should be fighting to have.
1: Yes, and fight is certainly a good metaphor to use right here because that's what Peter said. He used a military term which translates as prepare yourself, equip yourself, get ready for battle,
0: get the tools and weapons you need. Those definitions paint a word picture that tells us how we should interpret this passage.
1: It really does, because our mind and our thinking is metaphorically being used as the weapon here in the sense of arming ourselves. Remember, he said, arm yourselves being of the same mind. So he's saying, get your weapon together. Well, what's our weapon? It is the mind of Christ. It's the mental attitude and disposition we are to have.
0: This ties back in with the word Paul used for mind back in Philippians 2 and 5.
1: That's true. And that's the verse we started with. Let this mind, let this mental attitude, let this mindset be in you. you. If we're going to enter into battle with the devil, we need the best weapon that we can have. And we need the weapon of the word. We need the weapon of prayer, but we also need the weapon known as the mind of Christ within us. Another good place to read about the mind of Christ is found in first Corinthians chapter two, verses 11 through 16. I'll just give you a little overview. In verses 11 through 13, Paul spoke of the difference between having the natural mind and the mind of the spirit. In verses 14 through 15, Paul says the natural man may even be highly intelligent, but he doesn't know what he ought to know unless he taps into the spirit. He can't receive
0: it because it's spiritually discerned.
1: That's right. And I wonder how many people in our churches are naturally minded and how many of us are spiritually minded. I believe if we had more people who were truly filled with the Spirit of God,
0: we would have a much better comprehension of the mind of Christ. Can you imagine what kind of church services we could have if everyone had the mind of Christ and was led by the Spirit of God? Boy, that's a good point.
1: I want to read this portion of Scripture to you, and then I want to make a couple of comments. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man." For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In verse 16, we're asked a compelling question by Paul. He asked, who at Corinth, or any other place for that matter if you want to throw it in, who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has known the mind of the Lord enough to instruct
0: him? Who would dare be so foolish as to try to instruct the one who is omniscient?
1: That's a good question. I don't know anybody, but there have been. There's been atheists that have rose up and tried to tell God how he should have done, and if there really was a God, he ought to have. I want you to realize something. There are people that foolish, but not anyone that knows the Lord would do that. We look at this question, we begin to think that Paul must be off his rocker. But let's look at the question a little more carefully. When we fail to think with the mind of Christ, are we not saying our mind is just as good or possibly even better than the mind of Christ? Because when you choose to think in your terms, you're choosing not to think in Christ's terms. We feel that our thoughts are better than what other people have. That's true. We hate to admit it, but we follow our own feelings and thoughts over what other people say. But we hate even more to admit it. We follow our own feelings and our own thoughts over what God says some of the time. It sounds like Paul was simply making a statement after he posed this question, but I believe it should be seen as more of a rebuke. What
0: statement are you talking about?
1: Well, his statement or rebuke, whatever you want to term it, he says, but we have the mind of Christ. I think he's rebuking them, saying, hey, you've been thinking in a certain way, but we have the mind of Christ. You don't have to think like you're thinking. We must happen to the
0: spirit to have the mind of Christ revealed unto us.
1: Yes. And I believe that's why in first Corinthians chapter three, verses one through four, he rebuked the church at Corinth soundly for their gross carnality. Let me read you that passage of scripture. And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto were ye not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? So, after telling them that they had the mind of Christ at the end of the last chapter, the very next thing he goes into telling them is that you're too carnal to hear that. Let me read you verse 16 going into chapter 3, verse 1. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And then he goes through with his rebuke. He told them, you are to have this mind of Christ. You've been given the mind of Christ, and now you're carnal.
0: They could not bear to hear the full gospel truth, which to me is very sad.
1: Yeah, but I wonder if we are in any better shape spiritually today. They were given the greatest mind anyone could possess, the mind of Christ, but Paul compared them to babies. Paul accused them of being carnal four times in this passage. Yes, he did. I'm afraid that we think that we're much better than those primitive Corinthians were. Reckon what Paul would say if he was writing a letter to the churches of our day. I don't know if our people could handle what Paul would say to our churches Uh, today. Paul was disappointed that this church was given what they were needed to help them become more like Jesus, but they were choosing not to use it. He told the Corinthian church that we have the mind of Christ. That's true, and he told the church at Philippi to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So which church would you say was in better shape? One church had the mind of Christ, but they were failing to use it. The other church was not allowing the mind of Christ to be in them, so they were kind of in the same shape. Neither church was operating like it should have, nor could have. Are our holiness churches operating as they should be operating? Are they being led by the mind of Christ? Now, I know we can't answer that across the board. Each church would be individually judged by God. But I feel like I have a little bit of an analogy I want to use just to show us how things do work, how things can work, and then how they should work. All right, here's the way things do work. I remember just a few years ago when everybody had CDs. I used to do a lot of copying of CDs, burning CDs. And when you burn a CD, you take the music from one disc and you pass it on to the other disc. And now it has precisely the same thing on it that the original disc had. (laughs) What has that got to do with anything? Nothing. I just felt like talking about it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. The copy is an exact representation of the content that was found on the original. Now, let that soak into your mind for a minute. There's something that came up with it originally. Then it was transferred to something that was blank, but now it has the same thing. Satan does the same thing when he burns his thoughts into our thinking so we can think his thoughts. Okay, let me give you an example. You may be sitting there not thinking of anything in particular, just kind of daydreaming, and all of a sudden the devil tells you, God doesn't care for you. All of a sudden, that thought comes out of nowhere. If you think on that thought very long, eventually you get to feeling sorry for yourself. Well, my children are lost and God ain't saved them. My wife does need healing in her body and he hasn't touched her. The church I go to, they really don't care if I come or not. And next thing you know, You're thinking just like the devil. He burned his thought into your mind, and now you're thinking his thoughts instead of your own thoughts. And you're thinking his
0: thoughts instead of the Lord's thoughts. Oh, okay. You're saying that it is his goal to get us to do this until those thoughts are burned into our minds. They become our thoughts. Yes, they do. His thinking starts as a suggestion or as a question, but it turns into our way of thinking for us. Makes sense. The danger is if it becomes our way of thinking, it will then turn into our way of operating. It will.
1: Incorrect thinking creates the actions that result from those thoughts. On the flip side, though, this is exactly what needs to happen to us with the mind of Christ. We need to have our minds just to the place where he can speak into our heart what we need to know, how we need to think. And immediately we take it up and we think that way and we believe that way. And then we will live that way. Before we close today, I want to list a few of the ways having the mind of Christ would help us. We should know Jesus in such a way we would know what to do, what to say, and how to act at all times.
0: We would know how to treat people and how to love them. We would know how to help them and how to lead them. We would know how to be a light to those bound by darkness. We would be a witness to those facing certain judgment. We'd be a living testimony in
1: this lost world in which we live. We would know what scriptures to use for answering questions when unbelievers would ask us. We would know what doctrines are true and biblical. Our chances of being in error and being deceived would basically vanish if we all had the mind of Christ. Dear listener, are you letting this mind be in you? You ought to because we've been given the mind of Christ at salvation. It's enhanced to a better knowledge of Christ and having his mind more so when we are allowing God to sanctify us. When we receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, he speaks what he hears from God and reveals it unto us, which gives us a direct hotline to the mind of
0: Christ. Let me ask you again. Do you have the mind of Christ?
1: How can a person that's full of God's Spirit struggle to find and have the mind of Christ? Paul said that we have been given the mind of Christ. I'm persuaded that we will stand guilty in judgment if we fail to allow, or as Paul said in Philippians 2 and 5, to let the mind
0: of Christ be in us. Amen. Friends, remember, if you have a Bible question that you'd like an answer to, drop us an email at DKMinistries1977 at yahoo.com. That's DKMinistries1977 at yahoo.com. We thank you and encourage you to send in your questions that you might be wondering about, and we'll do our best to give you a biblical answer. We certainly hope you enjoyed our podcast today, Sharing God's Word. And until next time, may God bless you all. Come back with us for Monday's episode number 85,
1: The Churches of Smyrna and Pergamos. i
0: gladly bear the reproach, Lord, for the gospel's sake. Where I go, you've already been there Cause I'm walking in Jesus' name Well, I'm walking in Jesus' name I'm going where he bids me go I'm dressing and talking like he wants me to He's a keeper of my soul I have learned to lean on Jesus And cast on him my ever concern I'm looking
1: for